Abnormal breathing from head injuries. There are multiple types of normal and abnormal respiration. They include apnea, eupnea, orthopnea, dyspnea, hyperpnea, hyperventilation, hypoventilation, tachypnea, Kuzmal's respiration, Chainstokes respiration, sighing respirations, Biot's respirations, apnoistic breathing, central neurogenic hyperventilation, and central neurogenic hyperventilation. Each pattern is clinically important and useful in evaluating patients. Function. Evaluating respiratory patterns assists the clinician in understanding the patient's current physiological status. Abnormal breathing patterns suggest the possibility of an underlying injury or a metabolic derangement. Early recognition of abnormal respiratory patterns can aid the clinician in early intervention to prevent further deterioration of the patient's condition. Issues of concern. Breathing is controlled by the brainstem. It receives input from central and peripheral chemoreceptors as well as voluntary control from the cerebrum. The brainstem also receives input from the chemoreceptors and adjusts the rate and tidal volume based on pH and PaCO2. The regular cycle of breathing originates in the medulla. The medullary respiratory center has several widely dispersed groups of neurons referred to as the dorsal and ventral respiratory groups. There, there do not appear to be separate inspiratory and expiratory centers. Bilateral dorsal respiratory groups control the rhythm of breathing by producing many inspiratory impulses. Neurons from this center send impulses to the motor neurons of the diaphragm and the external intercostal muscles. These muscles also extend to the ventral re respiratory group. Input from the airways, lungs, joints, proprioceptors, and peripheral chemoreceptors via the vagus and glossopharyngeal nerves modify the breathing patterns. The ventral respiratory groups are also bilateral collections of inspiratory and expiratory neurons in the medulla and are active in exercise and stress. These neurons send impulses to the diaphragm and external intercostals. They also stimulate the abdominal muscles and internal intercostals via neurons in the caudal area. The interaction between the dorsal respiratory group and the ventral respiratory group provides an impulse. The inspiratory ramp signal low and gradual, then increase to produce a smooth inspiratory effort. The pons contain two respiratory areas referred to as the pneumotaxic and apnoistic centers. The pneumotaxic center has an inhibitory effect on the medulla. In effect, its stimulation causes the end of the inspiratory effort, therefore controls the inspiratory time. Weak signals from the pneumotaxic center increase inspiratory time, causing an increase in tidal volume. The apnoistic center stimulates the inspiratory neurons in the medulla and inhibits the expiratory neurons. Overstimulation of this area produces long, gasping inspirations that are interrupted inadequately by occasional expirations. This pattern is called apnoistic breathing. Clinical significance. The types of clinically relevant normal and abnormal respiratory patterns include the following. Eupnea is normal breathing. Sighing is an involuntary inspiration that is 1.5 to 2 times greater than the normal tidal volume. Sighing breathing is observed in subjects suffering from anxiety with no observed organic pathology. Dyspnea is the subjective sensation of difficulty breathing. Paroxysmal nocturnal dyspnea is described as attacks of shortness of breath that wake the patient from sleep. They have to sit up to catch their breath. Most commonly, this is a symptom of heart failure. Orthopnea, also seen in heart failure. Patients are unable to breathe comfortably lying flat. They must be in a sitting or propped up to breathe without difficulty. Chain stokes is a pattern of crescendo 
decrescendo respirations followed by a period of apnea. The pattern of breathing was first, assi- first described by John Shane, a British physician, and William Stokes, an Irish physician. It is well described in patients with heart failure, usually observed while asleep, and the result of a disordered central control of breathing. It's presumed it has implication for the outcome in that cardiac resynchronization therapy improves outcomes in patients with chain stokes respirations. Bradypnea is a respiratory rate that is lower than normal for age. Tachypnea is a respiratory rate that is greater than normal for age. Hyperpnea is an increased volume with or without increase in rate of breathing. Blood gases are normal. Agonal breathing is characterized by slow, very shallow, irregular respirations that result from anoxic brain injury. This will often progress to apnea depending upon the underlying cause. Apnea is the absence of breathing. This signals a life-threatening situation in which the patient will quickly succumb unless rescue breathing is instituted immediately. Hyperventilation is overventilation over what is needed for the body's CO2 elimination. This results in a decrease in PaCO2 and respiratory alkalosis. Hyperventilation can be driven by chemoreceptor stimulation due to metabolic acidosis. As hypoventilation is underventilation below that what is needed to for the body for CO2 elimination. It is inadequate to maintain a normal PaCO2. Kuzmal's respirations were originally observed and described by Dr. Adolf Kuzmal in 1874. He made his observation of patients with diabetes mellitus who were comatose and in the late stages of diabetic ketoacidosis. As classically described, Kuzmal's respirations are deep, sighing respiratory pattern. Dr. Kuzmal's actually described it as air hunger. This is probably the most important of the abnormal respiratory patterns. Kuzmal's respiratory pattern occurs due to increased tidal volume with or without increased respiratory rate is a form of hyperventilation. It results from the stimulation of the respiratory center in the brain stem by low serum pH. The effect is lowering of the partial pressure of carbon dioxide in the alveoli, therefore compensating for metabolic acidosis. Initially, in acidosis, the respiratory pattern is shallow and rapid, but as the acidosis progresses, the inspirations become deeper. It is only in the later stages that true Kuzmal's respirations are seen. Kuzmal's respirations can be seen with any disorder that causes significant acidosis. Toxic ingestions, particularly alcohols, are another common cause of Kuzmal's respirations. Salicylate toxicity is also a cause. Kuzmal was also classically described in patients with uremia. It can also be seen in any disorder that results in lactic or ketoacidosis. Acidosis results from an abnormal accumulation of ketones, lactate, urate, exogenous acid in the blood. A fall in the pH significant enough to induce Kuzmal's respiration is a sign of decompensation. As described by Dr. Kuzmal's, this respiratory pattern is a perimortem event. Failure to recognize this respiratory pattern can result in delayed recognition and treatment of the underlying cause. Such delays can cause increased morbidity and even mortality in the patient. The Biot respiratory pattern was first described by Camille Biot, a French physician in 1876. He made his observations while studying the pattern of breathing described by John Shane and William Stokes. Biot respiratory pattern is characterized by regular deep respirations interspersed with periods of apnea. It is caused by damage to the pons due to stroke, trauma, or, or herniation. As the insult to the pons progresses, the pattern becomes irregular. At this point, the pattern deteriorates to ataxic breathing. Biot respiratory pattern can also be induced by opiate intoxication. 
Apnoistic breathing is another abnormal breathing pattern. It results from the injury to the upper pons by stroke or trauma. It is characterized by regular deep inspirations with an inspiratory pause followed by inadequate expiration. The respiratory pattern is often associated with severe brain injury and carries a poor prognosis. Apnoistic breathing can be temporarily induced by ketamine. Central neurogenic hyperventilation is persistent hyperventilation typically caused by head trauma, severe brain hypoxia, or lack of cerebral perfusion. It is usually due to the midbrain and upper pons damage. Central neurogenic hyper, hypoventilation occurs when the medulla respiratory centers are not responding to appropriate stimuli. Central neurogenic hypoventilation may occur with head trauma, cerebral hypoxia, and narcotic suppression. Breathing patterns associated with a brain injury may not be observed due to mechanical ventilation and sedation. There's a complex interplay in cases that result in brainstem injury. The autoregulation of the cerebral blood flow is affected by CO2 levels in the blood. As CO2 increases, blood vessels, cerebral vessels will dilate. As they decrease, the cerebral vessels will constrict. In traumatic brain injury, the brain swells and cannot expand due to the fixed volume of the intact skull. Raised intracranial pressure can overcome perfusion pressure causing further anoxia and injury leading to brain death and or herniation. Although hypo, hyperventilation can lower PaCO2 causing vasoconstriction reduced swelling intracranial pressure, it should be avoided. The effect is short-lived. In traumatic brain injury, both hyperventilation and hypoventilation must be avoided. Intracranial pressure is treated pharmacologically, surgically, and with medical-induced coma.